Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey, hey. Garrett Price. How's it going? And Jared Wackerly producing and on the mic. What up? That was me sliding in an extra hay, by the way. <laughs> Back after a long weekend at the FF Expo in Canton, Ohio. We got to hang with uh, tons of analysts, tons of fans. Uh, really good time. I'm exhausted. Uh, but we're still here talking. We are here. Doing exactly what we're doing all weekend. Talking dynasty, talking fantasy, dynasty. football. Uh, our final division breakdowns. Final. NFC yes. North today on this show and AFC North on the Nerd Show. Pretty exciting. Always That'll exciting. Work. Although, wow. it, you know, originally we decided to do the North last. So that way we had clarity on the Deshaun Watson situation. Ha, ha, ha. We, we still don't have clarity. Nope. No. He, guess what? He's not playing. For I don't think he is. Most of your fantasy season, if, if at, at all. all. Yeah. So we'll get to that, though. Easy come, easy go. That's probably not the right term to use. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but you know, hey. <laughs> Not my first terrible uh, thing to say. And that was totally unintentional. <laughs> that was so, totally. That was, I, I could tell by the look of surprise <laughs> on your face when it came out of your own mouth that that was not intentional. That, you you gave the look that we normally get. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into this, uh, this uh, topic here, then I see North. I got to tell you about our friends at Price Picks, guys, yeah. gals, friends. Uh, Price Picks, and what is it? It's a prop bet site. Right, it's gonna give you the it's the number one prop bet site out there, and to me, I am way more getting into props than anything else. Like even more so, the lines are just more fun, right? Like For these sure. over unders on rushing yards, on receiving yards. Like mm-hmm. Matt, you gave what was the Jamar Chase one? Did you have that? Uh, Jamar Chase uh, over under twelve hundred and fifty yards. <sighs> yeah, smash the over, easy. Smash right? that over. Look, you can what, literally. What about Justin Jefferson? Thirteen fifty. Smash the over. I'd take the over too. Yeah, okay. dude, All two right. bets right there. You can win. You're going to win ten times your entry. Done and done. Cooper Cup, 113 receptions. Definitely over. seems like the over there. Over, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. this is all you have to do. You pick two to five entries. The over under. That's all you got to do. And when you do that, you can win up to ten times your entry. And it's not like you're playing like a million people here for a prize. You just have to win your bets. It's you versus prize picks. I got a good one, Jonathan Taylor. 1,450 rushing yards. Well, I'll be skipping that. That's a tough one. That's, right? a, that's, a, that that's a perfect tough. line. That that's, that's right where I would probably put it. I would take the under. I might. Just just for, like, injuries. Yeah. You have to see, yeah, for injuries. This one's for me and you. 925, Javante Williams. Over. over. Smash we're it. We're <laughs> yeah, I'd smash that over, too, actually. <laughs> yeah, you he's would. Gonna run, he's going to run for 1,000. You would be smash like, that over. Yeah. <laughs> This is easy money. Get the prize picks ASAP. We just made like a million dollars. Yeah. Like once I get to like, so I go to New York a lot for like stuff and uh, you get, <laughs> I, could use, I could use stuff. stuff. You made that sound way more shady than you needed to. Yes, for real. <laughs> yeah, for stuff. Don't worry about it. Don't tell the FBI or the CIA. Uh, and that's where I can make my, that's where I get my prize picks action is. Like I already have a couple in and like, Dude, now that these like more future lines coming out, I'm gonna smash these. Dude, not, Ezekiel, so rich. El- Ezekiel Elliott, eight hundred and seventy-five yards. Oh my gosh, that's okay. Over-under? All of those I was saying was a smash. That is the easiest by far. That's just a layup. I mean, yeah. that, that's like give me the. Smash. I put the line at like twelve fifty. Right, that's like six good weeks. They obviously didn't see him working out on the beach. They did he not. Good. He looked explosive, dude. Wow. Right eight, now, get the prize picks or eight seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. Use that promo code NERDS. Put in some money. They're going to match your deposit up to 100 bucks. On top of that, you know, uh, throughout the whole summer, we've been, you know, because it's hard to get these NFL props out there in their summer, a little less action. But, you know, we've been offering free Nerd Herd shirt. Ooh, excuse me. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm so excited. There you <laughs> go. Myself. Uh, free Nerd Herd shirts at, uh, if you sign up for prize picks. All you got to do, we have a little uh, sheet at the bottom, Jared. Google Sheet? Yeah, there's a form in the show notes. You just click on that. You fill it out. Put your address, your shirt size, what color you want. Uh, if you watch the YouTube channel, Matt's got on a purple shirt for the Vikings. Uh, Rich has the Bills. Slash and Giants. Yeah, the Lions, Garrett. I think this is technically Colts. the Cowboys slash Colts okay. slash Lions. And I'm wearing <laughs> the Lions Chargers. Sweeter looking. Yeah. So. They're wearing Chargers. So, yeah, get on there, put your shirt. We'll send you a shirt. Now, that we're only doing this shirt promo until the season starts. Ooh. That's it. So, 
actually the week before the season starts. So you only have like two weeks, more weeks, weeks to get that in there to get a free nerd shirt um, and have some fun all season because it's not just NBA, NFL too. It's MLB, NBA, college football, any sport. They're going to have a prop bet on it. Put code nerds, price picks. Check them out. Big friend, big fan, big fan. Chicago Bears. The Bears. They play in Illinois. They're named after an animal <laughs> from the Wizard of Oz. Their quarterback is Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, Nathan Peterman. Running back, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, uh, Ab- Trust- is it Tristan Eber? Tristan Ebner. 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 Yep. Darrington Evans. Wide receiver, Equinemius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Vilas Jones, Nikhil Harry, Daz Newsome, Tajay Sharp, Dante Pettis, David Moore. I had to name them all because you don't know which ones are going to stick. You never know. Tight end, Cole Komet, slash wide receiver two. Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, they gave Matt. Uh, they gave uh, Matt Nagy the boot. He sucked. Hasta luego. Yeah, he had to go. So they bring in Matt Eberflus. He's the offensive. Uh, and they bless, brought in. God bless uh, you. He was a uh, uh, <laughs> defensive coordinator for the Colts, right? And yes. their offensive coordinator is going to be Luke Getze. He's been uh, the deep, uh, the passing games coordinator for the Packers the for Packers, the last couple of years. Yes. So nineteen twenty nineteen uh, to twenty twenty one. He was a GA when I was at Akron for the quarterbacks. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. Is he a smart dude? Yeah, he is. There we go. He's a good dude. So um, they bring in Trevor Simeon on a two-year deal. They gave him $3 million guaranteed, so he'll be the backup there to back up uh, Justin Fields. They, they signed Nathan Peterman. They gave him $1 million, but it, he'll be the third string. He is basically a third yeah. stringer. Yep, just kind of holding on at every stop. Yeah, like. Darrington Evans is not guaranteed a spot. Byron Pringle, he's guaranteed because they, they signed him to $4.1 million and they got they guaranteed him three point nine of it. So he almost got a full guaranteed deal. Where Tajay Sharp, uh, he's got a $1 million deal. Equinemius got a one-year deal that doesn't include any guaranteed money whatsoever. David Moore, no guaranteed money. Dante Pettis, no guaranteed money. Uh, so right now it's pretty much Darnell Mooney mm-hmm. and Cole Komet. And you yes. got to love that as a Cole Komet fan, right? Oh, I'm so excited about that as a Cole Komet fan. We've we've talked about Cole Komet a ton, uh, and and mostly because I love him so much. Uh, but w- just the fact that he had literally no touchdowns last season, uh, his targets, he had the, the eighth most targets, the seven guys ahead of him were one through seven in, in scoring points last year for fantasy football teams. So all signs are pointing to him having this this breakout year. And that might not necessarily mean he's tight end three on the year, but I think we're going to clearly see him be one of these top 10 guys. And I think he's going to be closer to five than 10. He, or at least he has the upside to be able to do something like that. But we'll see through these first few weeks, his relationship with Justin Fields has this offense of, you know, offense gotten better overall. Uh, the, the, the only other weapon outside of that would maybe be Valus Jones, the rookie that they drafted. He intrigues me the most. I mean, he's a po- I mean, polished. He's the oldest draft pick come 25 years old, super old, you know, real fast. We were in a four, three, two at the combine. I think if I recall right. So he, he's, and he's twitchy there. too. Yeah. Yes. He's very the, twitchy. The, so he's the like, problem the bears are going to run into. Well, one of many that the bears will run into 31st ranked projected offensive line by PFF mm-hmm. this year. So, Justin Fields didn't have a lot of time last year. It's not getting any better this year. He didn't have a lot of weapons last didn't year. Didn't have a lot of weapons. Well, they were they were they were dead last in receivers last year in open wide receiver like receivers mm-hmm. getting open at all. And, and they lost Allen Robinson. <laughs> yeah. So they were But they replaced him with uh, Pringle. There we go. So once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> yeah, but I you mean, can't just eat one. No, that's lace. So, it start, so when you start there at the offensive line, you start with Justin Fields, who's a dynasty darling, definitely in super flex. And there's a lot to be excited with because this is a guy who, when he started the year, it, it was pretty rough, right? But the end of the year last year, from like week on, he yeah. had a couple good starts. I mean, outside of Davis Mill, he, Mills, he gave you the most QB1 games. Uh, he had four of them. You know, week eight, he was QB3. Week nine, he was QB9. Uh, QB8. For week 14 and QB 10 week 15. So we had a good stretch there of getting it done. So the fact that, you know, he's going to be willing to run the ball a little bit more, which is mm-hmm. what he did the second half of the season. Um, the first half, he was only rushing like four times a game, but the second half of the season, when his points started to get an uptick there, he was literally doubling that over those last couple of games. He's running a little bit over eight times a game. So Justin Fields, Coming in Darnell Mooney still doesn't have a lot of options. It's why I like, you know, Vilas Jones is a nice little sleeper there because the reason I look at Darnell Mooney, even as a player that was successful in fantasy, let's call him that at least last year, 
He was just heavily targeted. He was the only one actually doing anything on that field outside of Cole Komet. So we, we have a situation here where Cole Komet could be the number one receiving option. And outside of that, their number one receiving option is slightly above average. And Darnell Mooney, I think solid I, player. I think Mooney's a solid benefit. player, but I, you know his best position is probably a number two wide receiver on a team, yes. not a number one. So they don't really have that that bona fide number one guy. Bayless Jones isn't that guy either. He's he's a slot type player, a gadget type player, a guy that you can get the ball too close to the line of scrimmage and you can make things happen, make people miss in the open field. So I do feel like you know this team as a whole. Um, they're kind of one of these teams that I'm avoiding for a lot of the reasons that Garrett, you know, Garrett said that they've got one of the one of the worst offensive lines or they're projected to. Justin Fields is still going to be going through some growing pains now. This is his second quarterback or second head coach in, in two different years, so he's in, in in a different system. That never bodes well for young quarterbacks. And, you know, I feel like by the time by the time they're getting it together, they have a lot of money coming off the books or a lot of people on expiring contracts as well. Byron Pringle, David Montgomery, uh, uh, Ryan Griffin, like a lot of these older guys, Nikhil Harry, who cares about him? But um, a lot of their guys that they have signed right now are, are guys that are on short-term contracts. Even Darnell Mooney, you know, 2023 is his last year if he doesn't get extended. So there could just be a lot more turnover, especially since it's a whole new regime coming in this year that that a lot of these these contracts might expire and they might just be churning in a whole bunch of new people as well so this is just kind of chicago as a whole is kind of one of these teams that i'm just kind of avoiding this year so there's two shares i'd want on i mean 100 percent on my dynasty rosters and that's i mean super flex i'll take justin fields everywhere and cole Komet, i'll take him Mm -hmm. everywhere too i mean i love tight ends that are going to have an opportunity to be the number one option on their team, and at worst case, number two. And I and I don't mind those guys long term. I just for this year, I don't want anything to do okay. with them. I'm not like I'm not I'm not going out there trying to trade for them or anything like that because I think there might be a, a dip in their value after after you know come this year. The the only position we haven't really touched on is the running back position so far, uh, and it's been one that's been under a little bit of controversy. I don't know if controversy is the right word, but it's been an interesting backfield. Right, uh, David Montgomery's been kind of the steady Eddie running back throughout his career. And now we're hearing rumors of him taking some snaps potentially on special teams. Khalil Herbert played well last year and, and uh, supposedly people, you know, the, the staff likes him, but they also like Tristan Ebner who, who played well in the preseason game and right. has shown some flashes. Is David Montgomery still that safe, steady running back that he once was or no? And not in my opinion. I mean, this is, this is a bad sign, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you hear a guy that's been traditionally a starting running back and a guy that they could rely on for three downs is now having to play special teams for the first time ever, not like right. the first time like ever in the NFL, like ever, like he didn't do it in college or anything like that. Like it, it, that's that's that shoots up red flags for me. Could they just be sending a message? Maybe he's not having the greatest practices, and they're like, you know, if you're not going to play well in these practices, you're going to go do special teams. Yes, and we might not ever hear anything of it. But, sure. Um, I think the writing still is on the wall for a guy in Montgomery who is good, not great, uh, uh, coming up at the end of his contract that, hey, we can just replace this guy. He's not. He's nothing Especially special. Especially with this class coming yep, in. I mean, absolutely. we're talking about one of the best running back classes we've seen in a long time. And staffs really like to get their guy. Yep. So this could easily just be one of those situations where Montgomery could be on a different team next year. Could that be good? Sure, maybe. But most of the time when running backs are not on the team that drafted them, it's usually they're in some sort of committee on some other team. And so so chances are we've seen the highest peak as far as value goes 100%. for David Montgomery. He, he kind of falls into what I was saying about Mooney too. He's been totally benefit he's benefited complete off this amount of touches he gets, right? Like mm-hmm. running backs like David Montgomery, we see all the year time. If you stay healthy and get all the carries, you're going to produce fans for right. numbers. And, and he's done, he's done well, you know, he, over a thousand yards, uh, 24 touchdowns. Uh, when Cohen went down Tariq Cohen, who's no longer with the team, he stepped into that pass receiving right. role. But you mentioned Khalil Herbert, uh, another solid running back. Do I believe Khalil Herbert's the running back of the future in Chicago? No, I believe it's always going to be a young guy they're going to draft. Like you said, it's a strong class next year. There's no reason to extend David Montgomery. To be fair, there's no reason to extend any running backs that right. aren't exceptional unless they're going to take below market value as well. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with David Montgomery. I'm with you. I think the new coaching staff will want to get their own guy. I think put him on special teams clearly states he's not their guy. Right. 
which would make David Montgomery a very interesting player to watch this year as the season starts. He might want to be a player that if you can get a 23 first for, if he does start off as, you know, the early down plotter, the guy that's going to get all those tough yards there, and if he's even remotely involved in a uh, passing game with no definitive pass catcher running back, his numbers will be a little bit inflated uh, early on. So that'd be probably the best time to move at David Montgomery because I don't want any of these running that. backs yep. that really hit free agency, right? right? Like just it's too much of a gamble for me. And like Garrett said, with this running back class being so strong in 2023, is that what you really want to put your dynasty future at the running back position on? Like one of these free agent running backs when they can go out there and get a guy in the second, third round that could yeah. easily outproduce them? Maybe way cheaper against the cap. <clears throat> Yeah, interesting player to keep your eye on uh, there. I'd be interested in also keeping my eye on Mooney. If Mooney has value right now, uh, my sale assign would be open on him. Again, for here, for me, it's just Cole Komet and Justin Fields. So those are my dynasty uh, asset cornerstones, I would call them. Uh, besides Just, that, everybody else has, has got a for sale sign on front, and I'm not relying on either one of them this year. I know, I know you have a higher out, you know, outlook, Garrett. Uh, uh, for Komet, and I, I do think he'll do better than he did last year. I'm not. I just. Don't, I don't know that he's going to be in the difference making category. He, he probably won't. And I mean, unless you're a top three, four, five guy, you're you're right. probably not right. <laughs> making a big difference. I anyway. think Fields will be but, in super flex leagues. He'll be a startable week in week out asset. Definitely sure. maintains that eight rushes per game stat right there. I mean, if you get a quarterback that rushes eight times a game, you're you're borderline week in week out. Yeah, and and he had four, he had 400 yards rushing last year, and it, he it's not like he started. He didn't start. How, I mean, how many games did he start last year? 11 or 12 or something like that? It wasn't like the whole year. Yeah, because they had Andy Dalton in first. Week and three. They, they pushed him to week three. So week, and in and week three, when he wasn't rushing to football, when he was under four attempts per game, you're talking about quarterback 34, 31, 30, 19, 24. It wasn't until week eight where he, he started picking it up a bit. Well, And then he was in an act, inactive for you know weeks 12 and 13 and 16 through 18. I remember so. he missed some time in the middle right. and late. So. But it was it was an interesting note uh, and I wish I could remember who tweeted it. If you tweeted this and you're here you're listening right now, feel free to like tag me and say like give me credit next time cuz I can't remember, but someone highlighted and I went and looked the week that Justin Fields had his best performance uh was week 9 uh, against Pittsburgh Steelers. You guys remember that primetime game Monday night game. Uh led them on an awesome comeback. Still came up short, but he led them on an awesome comeback. Uh, threw for for almost 300 yards, was dropping dimes everywhere. That game, Matt Nagy had COVID. Matt Nagy was out for that game, mm-hmm. and that was his best game of his season. Shocking. It's huh? yeah. QB3 week eight. Yep. Crushing so, it. Yeah, interesting uh, to see that come along here. But bye, Justin Fields. Bye, Cole Komet. Everybody else. Well, thanks for coming. Well, see ya. That good wills for a reason. Whoosh. Flush it. Let's move on, shall we? Yep, we shall. The Detroit Lions, another uh, back. Well, you know what? There's some interesting players here to discuss. QB, Jared Goff, Tim Boyle, David Blau. Running back, DeAndre Swift, oh, wow. Jamal Williams, Craig Reynolds. Wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, DJ Shark, Quintus Sevis, Josh Reynolds, Trinity Benson, Tom Kennedy. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson, Brock Wright, and James Mitchell. They signed uh, Kadero Hodge, um, well, no, he left. He went to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry. They signed DJ Shark uh, to a mm-hmm. one-year $10 million contract with the Lions. Mm-hmm. That is fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You think he's playing? He's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in there. Um, Grit. They signed uh, the, the tight end. They didn't give him much money there. So, Coach you know, Campbell, did you guys watch Hard Knocks? No. I did it. No. I thought you just said Tourette's or something, man. Grit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're made of that. grit. It's pretty good. Oh, all, it's all I've seen so far is Aiden Hutchinson's. It's on again tonight. Uh, uh, Rendition of Billie Jean. That's yeah. all I've seen so far. I watch. I get, watch it. Hard Knocks was great. I, I never watched. missed. I, I will. Hard Knocks. I just oh, gotta right. get. You know, I wait for like a week or two in, and then I get like my free month of HBO with a, another email. It's a yearly process. It's exciting. <laughs> so before we get to DJ <laughs> Shark for me, it's, I got it. Done. <laughs> yeah, I got it for a month on a fake email. <laughs> and the receivers. Well, I mean, let's just start up right up front with like Jared, a guy like Jared Goff, um, who who from off from a fantasy perspective. You know, wasn't glorious, but he he held his own for what he had back there. Again, a, a guy who did not have a lot of receivers. Uh, and when he not, did, they got hurt. When he did, they got hurt. I mean, it was literally Josh Reynolds for most of the year until the end where I'm on Rob St. Brown really stepped so up. What's and up, guys? This year's wide receiver two over that long stretch there. But Jared Goff's got arguably a top three offensive line for the Detroit Lions. It's a really strong run game. They boost 
that receiving core pretty drastically by you know bringing a guy like G.J. Shark that can stretch the field. They have a really good you know route runner, sure-handed guy in Ahmad Ross St. Brown. Josh Reynolds is a solid number three. And then obviously when Jamison Williams comes back, he'll be their number one receiver uh, whenever he's actually healthy enough to get in the field at some point, whether it be November, uh, October, somewhere around there. So Jared Goff as a dynasty asset, what do you think? He's that not fun to draft quarterback three that you're going to inevitably use like four times a year. And he's going to get you exactly like league average points. And it's never going to be exciting, but he's, I think he's, I think he's more valuable than people are giving him credit for. I think so too, because right now you're banking on, like he's going in the same type of range as a lot of these young flyer guys that are, maybe they'll keep the job. Maybe they won't right now. Jared Goff is fairly secure. Now, could they be terrible this year and they go and draft somebody? Yes, that could happen to any quarterback, not inside that upper echelon elite tier. I mean, think two years ago, Baker looked untouchable. And then after this year, mm. he was gone. Uh, he had just got off beating the Steelers and then almost beating the, the the Chiefs in the playoffs. And now he's on a different team. So any quarterback that is not in that elite tier of Mahomes, Herbert, Brady, you know, those guys, all their jobs are not secure if their team ends up in the top five. So He's just as vulnerable for that as anybody else, but he's performed well. He's been a good leader for the team, and he's actually got his weapons healthy, and they only added to that. So, yes, do I, I – I'm not excited for him necessarily, but would I be shocked if he ends up being quarterback 18 on the year, 17 on the year? I think it's a possibility. I think there's a path there. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback last year that suffered by his wide receiver core. Like, his – Average depth of target was like second from last. I think Ben Roethlisberger was the only one who was worse than him last year. So he had nobody to really throw the football to. And on top of that, he had a, he had a COVID issue last year. Mm-hmm. He had a, uh, he also had another injury, um, like a little after middle of the road. I don't uh, remember. As yeah, well. I can't remember what that was as well. So he had a COVID to deal with and that injury. But a surprising stat, what I saw when I dug into Jared Goff a little bit, is he did have four QB1 weeks. Yeah. So he gave you that, you know what I mean? A, a third of the season, he gave you QB1 numbers, which I was kind of taking aback with how he was able to do that. Now, obviously, I'm on Rod Brown, put up some good numbers there For as sure. well. But I think like Garrett mentioned, they bolstered his weaponry, right? Like his armory is looking a lot more dangerous than before. Having a healthy DeAndre Swift, who will dominate more in a passing game, most more likely than he will between the tackles. Right. Uh, will bolster his numbers. That was going to be my point, yep. So I think Jared Goff is, he's so, you know, in, the, in these super flex leagues, like quarterbacks are so hard to come by. He's still young enough. He's still affordable enough. I mean. Oh, very affordable. You could probably get Jared Goff for a second round pick. He's 27 right now. He'll be 28. In and October, yeah, yeah. He's very, he's very cheap. Um, And you're, you got to know what you're going to get. I mean, it's not you're, you're not going to want to start him every week, but he is like a safety blanket for somebody on a contending team to get you through some bye weeks or something like that. I think that's how you that's how I view Jared Goff anyway. Like if I know my team's trash, I don't want him on my team, but if 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 I'm going for something and he's going to be my third quarterback or something like that, I feel pretty good about that. Right. And um, and you mentioned it really quick richly, but uh but the Detroit Lions offensive line, PFF has them ranked as the third best offensive line mm-hmm. coming into the season. So that is a quarterback's best friend. And if you want to increase that average depth of target, that's a way to do it, to have more time behind the line of scrimmage, be able to do some of those things. And then and then get wide receivers like DJ Chark and, and Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams that can get downfield. Absolutely. Yeah. On top of that, uh, it was surprising. Detroit, for as good as they weren't last year, actually ran a fair amount of plays. They were 19th in the NFL in plays run. Assuming that the offense actually has more time on the field, longer drives, we could actually see them as maybe one of the more efficient offenses as far as total number of plays run per game. And we all know that the more time you're on the field, the more plays you run, the more opportunity for fantasy points. So last year they averaged right around 62 plays a game where the top-tier teams averaged around 67, 68, 69 in that range. I'd be interested to see a split, though, between when Dan Campbell took over and and before that. You know what I mean? Like see exactly what it was when Dan Campbell was running the offense because I know that that happened and they looked a lot better afterwards. And to give give you an idea, too, when, when you say things like this, where I'd buy Jared Goff for a second. I'm like, oh, he's not a very good quarterback. 
In super flex leagues, you have to be understanding that even the bad quarterbacks are high scoring players. You know, Jared Goff last year was the 71st, 71st overall highest scoring player in 14 games that he played last year. Scoring more points than, you know, obviously he was hurt by George Kittle, more than David Montgomery, more than Melvin Gordon, more than Tua. Henry got hurt, more than Devontae Smith, uh, more than Zach Ertz, more than A.J. Brown, right? Mm-hmm. So 71st overall mm-hmm. fantasy score. So when you inquire some of that for so cheap to slide in your Superflex League, even if he's a bad quarterback, he's still scoring better than average player out there. Uh, Absolutely. Still the a starting quarterback, a young starting quarterback as well. So and I you mean, get you get that kind of yeah. value there. Yeah, I see. I looked in the GM trade browser tool, and there were some trades for a second straight up. M- majority is about a second plus. Second plus, like two second is two seconds, which I would still be willing to pay if I could. If I don't have to pay a first and I can get a starting quarterback that is semi safe as far as mm-hmm. job security, yeah. I'm doing that all day. I'd pay two seconds for Jared Goff. I, I would. No, I, don't, I wouldn't want to pay two seconds. I'd love to pay a second and two seconds in, a, a second, second and, and a third. third. Sure, but I'd have no problem paying that for a quarterback. I mean, it's it doesn't get much. I mean, you're paying the same price for Matt Ryan. Right, pretty much, you know, and that guy's thirty-seven or forty, you know. Yeah, his so peak might be a little higher, but he's only going to have two, maybe three years. Yeah, the, the odds of Jared Goff, if Jared Goff does good enough again this year, he may get get another short-term contract from Detroit. It's a possibility. Let's jump into the, the, the number one player on this team, though, shall we? Mm, let's do it. DeAndre Swift. Oh, I thought you were going to say Russell Brown. <laughs> I thought he was going to say know, DJ Chark. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when you when you get a guy like DeAndre Swift, where's the value come from? Pass passing game, yeah. Pass catching, yep. and and that's what he does extremely well. There's only um, when it came when it came to actually catching game, footballs per game last year, there's only two players that caught more per game basis Ooh. than DeAndre Swift. Najee so DeAndre Harris. Swift averaged four point eight per game last Eckler. year. Eckler, nope, nope. It was definitely CMC Swift. on a per game basis, or it nope. was definitely Harris. Nope. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Najee didn't have more per game? No. I am shooketh. No. This is what pro football... <laughs> you look This is what pro football focus is telling me right here. <laughs> Liars. Um, you know, Chris McCaffrey caught 5.3 for net 4.9 and Swift 4.8. Mm. Well, there we go. Uh, that was last season. So, right now, coming in, good offensive line, a quarterback that literally threw the ball shorter than anybody in the NFL last year outside <laughs> of Ben Roethlisberger. I think Swift's in a pretty good place to dominate this year. In the passing game, well, probably can, he'll probably have about seventy receptions this year. Dynasty wise, where do you have him ranked among running backs? Probably today, right around like fourth, probably somewhere right around there. That yeah. that's where I had him in my brain, but he might be a notch higher or a notch I, I lower. Think, I think he's right deadlocked in that top five. Uh, yeah. Rich has him at RB four. Okay. Yep. That, and that sounds about right. There's, you know, he's in a. It's it's Maddie Jonathan Taylor too. See, a notch yep. or two higher. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Garrett's at three. I'm at three. You guys are all right around each other. So, Who so I, do I have Najee ahead of him? You have Garrett's got Javante at two. Of course I do. You got Najee at two. You got Jonathan Taylor, Najee, CMC, Swift, and the Brees Hall. All right. That makes sense for me. I like those. Yeah. I mean, and it's basically a big tier. It's Jonathan Taylor, and then it's a tier of like five or six guys. True. And that's fair. Um, you know, obviously, his, his biggest deterrent is going to be Jamal Williams. There, who's going to be in between the tackles awesome. runner? Who Jamal Williams? He's like the funniest, nicest. Wait till you watch Hard Knocks, guy. dude. Oh, I did see that other clip of him, like uh, that was pretty sweet in, in the huddle. Yeah, yeah I, like all of his interviews and stuff too. He's he's maybe the most entertaining guy in the NFL. So I mean, he's going to be the more ground and pound. He's going to cause, uh, you know, he's going to be the more yards after contact guy. But Swift is going to be the starter. It's probably going to be about. Well, I have the stats where they actually played last year together. So they played ten games together, healthy. Uh, and we can actual snaps. Swift played 66%, Jamal Williams 35. But when it came to rush attempts, actual rush attempts, Swift had 103, Jamal Williams 102. As I was say, I think it's one of those situations if you watch the games, it's going to frustrate you how much. Just check the box score. Yeah, yeah. How much uh, Jamal is actually getting, you know, the, the rock. And if you just kind of, you know, sit there and check the box scores, you're going to be fine with the outcome. But it was three to one on targets. Yeah. Uh, Swift had 62. Jamal twenty-two, uh, the, and even the goal line carries it wasn't it was pretty close. Jamal Williams got five, DeAndre Swift got four. Mm-hmm. So this will be the DeAndre Swift show. I will say that, but Jamal Williams holds some value. 
There, yeah, there's always, there's this like undertone of them wanting to keep uh, DeAndre Swift fresh though as well sure. that you hear constantly kind of low low drumbeat from the from the coaching staff that always makes me a little bit nervous. But like you said, his his passing game chops is really where he's going to make his hay, especially in fantasy. So eighteen points per game, right? I think you should, I think everyone should just be you know rest assured as long as he stays healthy. I think he's going to be a, a really high output type of guy. There's a reason we see these guys, the guys that do it well, right? The guys that excel at what we're talking about, DeAndre Swift doing it. These guys are the the top of dynasty fantasy football rankings, or and most of all, fantasy football production year in year out. We're talking guys like Christian McCaffrey. Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has been the gold standard in right. fantasy football for the last mm-hmm. eight years. So enter DeAndre Swift. Those guys are worth their weight in gold. And I'm, I, I appreciate more so that they are involved. They get most of the production in passing game because it equals less opportunity to get hurt. So for me, I do like DeAndre Swift in that tier there. And so does everybody. I just bought him for two firsts. And uh, a little bit extra on top of that. And I feel really good about it because I have a back here who potentially be a top five finisher for me for the next three to four years. Absolutely. Go ahead and move on to your guy, Amon Ra St. Brown. Yeah, I do love Amon Ra. Uh, there was a there was a time this offseason where I had to like unlove Amon Ra for a little bit. And hype, hype but got out of control. The, the hype got a mm-hmm. little little crazy. Uh, but it came back down to earth. And what he was able to do. Uh, was fantastic. I mean, he was on pace with Cooper Cup, who had an all-world season last year. Granted, it was for a short time period, and 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 the main concerns are legitimate. The, he was the only show in town. They're very legitimate concerns. It, it is a very legitimate concern. However, the talent and the ability is still there. What the things that I saw as a prospect, his ability to be able to get open, good route running, strong at the catch point, all those things are still true. The, the thing is, it, it all comes down to what are your expectations for a guy like Amon Ra? Do you expect him to be a wide receiver one or a high-end wide receiver two? Well, then you're probably going to be disappointed. I don't think we're ever going to see the production that he had at the end of the season last year. But could he, for a bulk of his career, especially if he's still attached to Jared Goff, who likes to keep things short underneath, which is where he plays for the most part, could he be a extremely, extremely serviceable low-end wide receiver two to high-end wide receiver three? Absolutely, and mm-hmm. I think that's where he's going to live as wide receiver 20 to 30 for basically his entire career. And and I like what you said there because that's exactly what I was thinking. Like you, If you look at him as a wide receiver three, you're going to be happy. If you look mm-hmm. at him as a wide receiver two, you might be a little underwhelmed at times. You know right. what I mean? And, and so I think if you have him in your lineup and, he, and he's your third guy, good. If you have him in your lineup – as a flex, you're that you're, you're life. that's great. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's that's winning stuff right there. So that's kind of how I see Amon Ross St. Brown going forward, especially for this year. That's a good. It's a good, very clear vision of what he's going to provide. That kind of receiver, you know, he'll have a couple years where he finishes. If somebody gets hurt again, yeah, high end wide receiver two. I mean, because even last year, over from weeks thirteen to eighteen, he was the wide receiver two number two overall. Right, mm-hmm. he still finished the year as wide receiver twenty one. And that's not like a short stretch, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Like six weeks, that's uh, more than a third of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a little bit more than a third of the season. Mm-hmm. It took him to be wide receiver two overall to finish his wide receiver 21. Even obviously he didn't start the season hot. But bringing a guy like Jameson Williams, having a guy like DeAndre Swift, having a top eight pick in at tight end and TJ Hawkinson, it will limit his targets where he won't be seeing – the 12, 11, 10 targets he saw at the end. There. It'll be more seven and eight, yep. which will will lead to that low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three kind of yeah, play. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, you know, what kind of red zone production gets as well. You know what I mean? For like sure. He's not. And that benefited him too because he scored right. a touchdown every single one of those weeks except for week 14. So out of those weeks, he scored one touchdown every single week. It was right. D- DJ Chark, 6'4". I mean, obviously, you know, Hawkinson's a bigger player as well, 6'5 or whatever he is. And, sure. and Jameson Williams isn't short either. So, But know. what will help, though, is I do expect this offense, like I ta- mentioned, the amount of plays I expect to maybe – Slight uptick in amount of plays sure. run. Uh, but I also expect this offense to be more efficient than it was. It was a young offensive line mm-hmm. that is expected to be awesome this season. Yep. Uh, and, and the division on the whole isn't great right now. So I, I, I think good things are ahead for the Lions. Well, definitely the start of the season for Amman too. So 
I would be very the way I here's how I'm gonna treat Amas Ross St. Brown. Like I love what you guys said about oh, he's my wide receiver three, he's my flex, I'm great. I'm looking for another hot start for Amon. I want him to start where he left off, essentially, right? Because and he could without Jameson. He's hot possible. Jameson Williams. The doctor saying they're saying early October is what they're saying. DJ Sharks coming off that uh, ankle injury, so he might not be a hundred percent the start of the season. He'll, he'll bite you for that, <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, all this with the familiarity because these are all new faces we're talking about too. Jameson Williams, DJ Shark. There's a chance that Amon could come in and. Be a solid high-end wide receiver, too, to mid-range wide receiver because he's a bona factor number one receiver early. If that does happen, I would I would be putting some feelers out there to see if I can upgrade on Amase Brown. To see if I can get... I'm fine with that. If I can get a little bit better at that position um, with another young, solid player. Or maybe if I'm, uh, I'm a contender somehow because I'm on British, I'm on wrestling Brown. It's probably a later pick in your draft. Even a, a, a proven veteran that's entering their prime at 27, 28. You know, a guy like Mike Williams, for sure. example. Sure. Uh, I think it might be an easy flip for a guy like Amos Redson Brown if he starts off that hot. Could you could you maybe sneak and get a uh, Devontae Smith from the Eagles? Whoa, that's a huge upgrade. I heard they're only throwing the football to um, uh, A.J. Brown and nobody else. That's what they're doing at camp, at least. So, we shall see. I, just, I have to see that play out because I don't – I get it. AJ Brown's a beast. I just don't understand how you just can't throw the football at Devontae Smith. I won't see I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah. I just won't. Because how how do you not throw the open guy all the time? He's open. He's he's always open. He's open right now. Yeah. He's like seven eleven <laughs> out there. Well, St. Uh, Brown was a uh, top twenty four in target hog rate, which is basically the target a percentage of the team targets that a player accumulates when they're actually like on the field. So uh he's in there which he's tied with Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy, right under Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and Terry McLaurin. But so again, those are fake big numbers names. though. What do you mean they're fake numbers? What because there's nobody else on the field. No, he's on the field with others. It, oh. it accounts for when he's actually playing. With other players? Yeah. I know, but like what players? So he hogs the football amongst his teammates when I think, he's actually I think, playing. I think Rich is saying the teammates were subpar because when he was on the yeah. field, everyone else that was really good was injured. So that might have been a little bit slightly yeah. inflated. I mean, so he didn't start going off. That's until, a good point. He didn't go out and start going off till week 13. Uh, Swift missed weeks 13 through 16. Hawkinson missed weeks 14 through 18. So there's literally nobody else really there of substantial talent. Yeah, so of, of no. it's good yep. context. That that's that's the whole point. That's why I'm I'm looking for him to get that same hot start because I don't think that will be there. You don't trade up all the way from pick 32 to wherever they got Jamison Williams to not make him your number one receiver. Yeah, you don't do that. Well, I agree. I um, think Jamison's destined to be that guy. DeAndre Swift is too damn talented not to put the ball in his hands. Definitely, when you said you want to keep everything kind of short somewhat. Mm-hmm. Well, who are you going to get the ball? Like, who's more electric in the open field on that team? I'm on Red St. Brown or DeAndre Swift. You're going to put the ball in the playmaker's hands. For you know, for what it's worth, too, the Detroit Lions have the lowest vacated target percentage out of any team in the NFL. So all of the it's funny that they added so many players because all of the players that did catch passes for him last year still are there. all still there. Uh, so it does yeah, make Red St. Brown. It, it was basically I'm on Raw. Uh, <laughs> hey, Josh Reynolds. Yeah, and really Josh Reynolds. It. And then Swift and Hawkinson. And so, so, so it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate these new assets because normally when you have new guys coming in, it's because other players have left. This is not the case at all here. So it'll be really interesting to see how all of those pieces come together. And Hawkinson, we still have not seen the best of him. Um, right around like flirting with QB 7, 8 overall. Oh, he's a QB now. Nice. Tight end. So we have Leonard Fournette at tight end, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson at quarterback. You build your team how you seem fit, Garrett. This is my toys. <laughs> Play with them. So, uh, what do you guys look? What do you think of Hawkinson in Dynasty? Is he still your? Is he still a shiny he's, toy? Or are you kind of you kind of down? He's fading for me. Um, it's a little rusty. Yeah, it, it is. It is rusty. Uh, I have a feeling everybody's thinking that way. So I kind of will go out there and buy more Hawkinson shares. I think he's been good. He's, I, he's he's never like flashed greatness though. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of what what you're looking for at, at the tight end is the differentiators. And we thought maybe he was going to be one of those, and he just he hasn't yet. To this point, big year, year four. It is a big year for Hawkinson. We'll, we um, will see. Um, but they're like, we've been talking about this entire time. There's a lot of other weapons on this team at this point. So I, I'm not sure that year four is going to be the year that it's going to all click and all of a sudden he's going to get the, the share that he needs in order to be like a super effective tight end or a high end tight end. So um, we'll see. I think Hawkinson's probably going to be this 
I think eight, he's going to live eight, there forever. Eight, nine, ten type of guy. Ooh. He's tight end seven, ADP ADP wise yeah. right now. I think that's fair. That's I, about right. That's probably where he'll finish. That's yeah. I think he'll finish right around there. Fryermuth or uh, Hawkinson, long term. Hawkinson, Goddard, Hawkinson, Goddard. Hawkinson. I'll say Hawkinson just because I think he has a better chance to see more targets. I think so too. I mean, George Pickens, and we'll get to the Steelers next show. George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are going to take so much more targets from uh, Fryermuth. Same thing, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. God, are so damn good. So good, man. So, I mean, <laughs> so good. He's so, it's, it's, there's only so many targets to go around. There's a lot of tight ends in the situations. Right? Yeah. This was tough. That's what I mean, it tough. For that position, it literally comes down to are you getting the targets or not? It's that simple. It's Yep. It's for tight end. That's literally. I know it's easy to say for all. Well, for sure. any receiver, but for tight end, there's a very drastic, hugely drastic swing. So. Yeah, definitely. You're just either just a guy, or you're you're a difference maker. All right, we'll move on to Packers. Let's Packers. Green Bay Packers at quarterback Aaron Rodgers, back to back MVP. Jordan Love, Danny Etlin, running back Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Kylan Hill. Wide receiver, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Samari Torre. Tight end, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, and Nate Becker. They signed Sammy Watkins at $1.85 million, only $350,000 guaranteed. They have a very good offensive line. They have a very, very good Hall of Fame quarterback mm-hmm. there. Uh, running game should be the the probably the prettiest thing on this team right like you have a really good offensive line you got aaron jones you got aj Dillon. Right. uh last year was like 60 40 on when they were playing when it came to rushing they were even they were even closer on that i know uh aaron jones had 183 attempts aj Dillon 169 when it came to actual pass catching i know we've been hearing about oh they're getting aj Dillon involved in the passing game they're getting involved in the passing game i'll I'm not buying that. I'm I'm thinking we're gonna see the same thing we saw last year. Uh Aaron Jones had 74 receptions. Uh AJ Dillon had 30. I bet it's gonna be pretty close to the same because AJ jo- Aaron Jones is a very good pass catcher. He's a very good very route good. runner, mm-hmm. a very good pass catcher. He looked that way coming out of UTEP. It's why I liked him over Jamal Williams coming out uh that year for Green Bay. I thought he had a higher fantasy football upside because of his ability to do so. He's excelled it at that at the NFL level. Um but I do think it's like a very good 1A1 situation, right? Kind of almost like the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. Sure. Outside of that tandem, this could be arguably the second best fantasy football tandem you're going to see on the field. Yeah, absolutely. They, they're they both very, very talented players. And especially, you know, and granted, it could it could just be a miss. Uh, but it what I believe it is with A.J. Dillon is A.J. Dillon has gotten significantly better from his time in college compared to what he's doing now. And that some players really do develop a ton once they get to the NFL. That's something it's tough to project that. And like I said, it could just be a miss on my part where I just didn't like him coming out of college and he was better than I realized. But but he looks like a guy that's really put in the work, really put in the time. He looks much better at reading uh, the defenses. He looks much more physical than he played in college. So he's a player that's really developed. And if... A, if Aaron Jones were to go down or if AJ Dillon were to go down, if either one of them goes down top three, the other one instantly, I was going to say top five, but yes, potentially even top three. Yeah. And I'm and I, the one that I stuck with AJ Dillon, cause we pooped on him a lot coming out of college was it was always Matt Waldman, right? Cause Matt Waldman already came back and said, you know, like everybody else doesn't like AJ Dillon that much, but his feet are so good for his size. Like I think he has a potential to get better at the NFL level. That always stuck with me in the back of the head. And guess what? He was like, right. Like yeah. most times, Waldman was right because um, he's looked really good. What do you think about that passing game situation? Because that's where the, you know, we're talking about, oh, who's going to catch all the footballs for Green Bay. Are you worried at all that Dylan will cut into his uh, Aaron Jones targets? I, I I believe it was today. I can't remember when it was. It was either today or yesterday that I read. Um, somebody quoted Aaron Rodgers as saying, I, I don't see why both of those guys can't catch 50 passes. And that's Aaron Rodgers saying it. I know Aaron Rodgers talks a lot, and you know some of it's true, and some of it, you know, never ends up happening. But I think they're going to rely on those guys quite a bit because they are the established guys there. I mean, it's it's them, it's Alan Lazard, the tight ends. 
I think have shown in the past to do it, but um, Tunyon's coming off the injury. Um, and, and Although we did see video of him the other day moving really well without a brace. Yes, yeah. Which was good to see. And Degara has looked good in his spot duties as well. He's look, he looked good in the preseason game the other day. He, he's just like a very nice, easy guy, I think, to throw the ball to. But he can, he's like an H-back almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not Correct. really a tight end. He came out that way. Um, so... Uh, getting back to your original question, I, I honestly think both those guys can exist and kind of um, both be kind of high-end pass-catching type of guys. Uh, I, it probably won't be exactly 50-50, but I, I don't think Aaron Jones is all of a sudden going to have less because Aaron Jones, if Aaron Jones gets a bump, I think they're, there's room for both those guys to kind of elevate their game a bit in the passing game. Because they both excel. They, there's two things here that they both excel at. You know, Aaron Jones at his pass-catching ability – uh, I saw that he averaged over two yards per route or so on PFF per, uh, when he lined up out like in a slot, which is like the third best. Um, you, if you look at Aaron Jones' numbers when Devontae Adams was gone as well, right. I mean, they were... He averaged mm-hmm. 6.7 targets per game when Devontae Adams was out. I have year. him here when he was out. He averaged four and a half catches, so six targets makes right, 48 and a half yards, uh, and the touchdowns like... They always give you that half touchdown stat sure. there too. So I mean, those are like you're you're literally talking ten points per game just in his receiving level, week in week out. Right. AJ Dillon run the ball just like a Derrick Henry, a big powerful guy, hard, hard hard to bring down. He he gained he gained. I saw here on P, I had a PFF stat here too, two yards after contact, and seventy five percent of his runs, number one in the NFL last year. So. Even though we're coming off a, a back-to-back MVP years for Aaron Rodgers, you think with this offensive line and this running game, ranked number five by PFF, they're going to have to rely on this this pretty heavily, I would imagine, and definitely a guy like Aaron Jones in the pass game. Maybe a situation they get them both on the field, more so lining Aaron Jones up in the slot, possibly at times. So, it, it, so I think you might be in a position you can start both running backs. Interesting I note agree. I found um, when Aaron Jones returned last year. Um, moving forward after week 12, A.J. Dillon received 17 red zone opportunities to just five for Aaron Jones. So that's that's you know where they differ. Where Aaron Jones might get more targets, A.J. Dillon might get more red zone opportunities and touchdowns. Which, I mean, it makes sense just by looking at the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quadzilla. But, but, yeah, I mean, he he was big, but in college, he that wasn't his thing. Like, when we watched his tape, he wasn't like a pile mover, even if he, even if he was 250 pounds. So – that show that does show what you were talking about some growth here in the NFL that that he's getting those looks down there and and they're continuing to give him which means he must be doing what they're looking for. And then at receiver, you know, yeah. I, I, you can't ignore how much Aaron Rodgers has been talking up Alan Lazard. I mean, I think today he came out and said something again like this guy is an, our number one, and if Alan Lazard is the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. What what would you put the odds at him being a wide receiver one? Fifty two percent. No, I would still I would still have him pretty low. I, I would probably have it more like thirty percent, twenty five percent, something like that. It's it's just tough to take someone that's this far along in their career that has never done it to say like now they're suddenly going to do it. I think this will be the first time in a while that we've seen a little bit more of a committee approach as opposed to that one dominant guy. Because Robert Tunyon at tight end is arguably his most reliable in the red zone. Yep, you know player, uh, the guy that he has the most rapport with uh, over his career. So I could see him being heavily involved. Christian Watson, when he gets healthy, he was obviously they use the draft capital, and then they have Romeo Dubs, who they just keep ranting and raving about. So I would I would put it more likely as a committee approach than one receiver really dominating like Devontae Adams. Did. Yeah. Uh... I'm all, I, I go back and I go back and forth with this because every time Rodgers just talks him up and talks him up, and I get it. You know, Lazard's who's somebody coming here who's never had over 40 receptions in a year. He's never cleared 550 yards in a season. But Aaron Rodgers is so special. Yes. And so good that he will put the ball in position for Alan Lazard to succeed. That's true. So on this team... A Super Bowl caliber team with a strong run game, getting Robert uh, Tunyon, Bobby Tunyon back with help, having dubs. They, we don't even know what Christian Watson's going to do on this team yet because he hasn't been able to practice yet. Right. Uh, Sammy Watkins, he, he's whatever, you know, but let's call him a solid number three there. I think there's a chance that Lazard 
can have a, a, an 85, 90 catch season for 1,250 yards and six tuds. On on the pro Alan Lazard side, which I, I don't know that I'm strong either way, but on the pro Alan Lazard side, we had last year where Devontae Adams dominated the red zone, 28 targets, 18 receptions, 10 touchdowns. However, Alan Lazard was very sneaky good in the red zone as well. Mm-hmm. We're looking at eight receptions uh, on 16 targets, which 16 targets is a good amount, especially for a non-wide receiver one. Uh, seven touchdowns in those on those targets. So He had eight total. Eight total touchdowns. Right. So seven of them there. Mm-hmm. So and and somebody's got to replace those twenty-eight targets that we saw to Devontae Adams in the red zone. Not that they'll get the exact same amount of red zone attempts as but they did boost. before. But but someone's got to fill that role. It would likely be him or Robert Tunyon. Say so, I mean, and say so you give them twenty-five percent of that. Or you know, you're talking about twenty-two red zone targets for Alan Lazard. No, I I broke down the Alan Lazard stuff, you know, earlier in July when I when I had him as a sleeper. And his numbers are very they're eerily similar to Jordy Nelson's first three years in Alan Lazard's last three years. Because his his first year in the league, he was literally in just one he had one target, one reception. He, you right. know, he basically didn't play at all in his rookie year. I kinda put that as a red shirt year. Um and Jordy Nelson and his numbers look almost identical. And year four for Jordy Nelson was his year where he had 96 targets, 68 receptions, 1,263 yards, and 15 touchdowns. And that was an opportunity thing for him. And now we're seeing the same exact thing. Alan Lazard is getting his opportunity. Could he blow up and be a wide receiver one? Yes, absolutely. In this offense attached to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not 100% saying he is, but I think that's within the realm of possibilities for a guy like Alan Lazard. Yeah, I think, and that's what I was saying when I said 51%, because it's more banking on two Aaron Rodgers than I am banking sure. on Alan Lazard. And, you know, with Christian Watson's slow start, it'd be hard to see him. I know, honestly, the only thing that would make you worried is Romeo Dubs. And, I, and how I much feel, he's dominating with his size on the, out there. And, and if you look at Aaron Rodgers' past, he's always had a guy that. One guy that was his main target yeah. in, in the, from the wide receiver core, and that has changed over the years. It's gone from Jordy Nelson to Randall Cobb. You know, to, not, not really, more like right to Devontae. Yeah. <laughs> Randall Cobb was like a blip on the radar type of thing. Hey, there was a couple years. Uh, <laughs> Give him his due. <laughs> but um, and before Jordy Nelson, there were there were plenty of other Donald guys Driver. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Greg Cobb, Jennings. Yeah. Greg Cobb's on the team. He's gonna be thirty-two uh, any day now. He's already turned thirty-two, and they, they were. They, he wasn't utilized. Rodgers won him last year, and they still didn't really use him last yeah. year. Speaking of Romeo Dubs, who's been a, a a camp darling nonetheless, talking about the biggest riser amongst dynasty rookies, what's the most would you give up on Dubs? Or do you think it's more of, hey, Christian Watson just hasn't arrived yet? Or is it the classic man that we've seen from playing dynasty for 19 years of – Wow, it's always a second player that's drafted. It's always the second same wide receiver, yeah, isn't it? It's always the better guy in the long run. More times than not. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it's been weird for me because uh, I actually ended up being on the opposite end of this. I, I drafted him, and then I got offered a 23 second. And I was like, well, I just instantly gained four rounds of draft, or not four rounds, two rounds of draft capital. Was that recent? That Literally yesterday. Because, uh, yeah, in the trade browser, there's a 23-second for Romeo Dubs in here. I don't know. Maybe that's your team. It, it, it could be. That could be me. Uh, I know. There's another one What's that, that was from the eighth. Are you a contender? Was it, is uh, it, a it, contender? This was a startup. This was a startup. That seems oh. to be his price in the GM right now. A 23-second? Mm-hmm. So, Matt, would you pay a 23-second for Romeo Dubs? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's a hard one for me. I'm, I'm going to take my loss and just, if I didn't draft him, I'm, there, I'm not going out there and, and jumping on a second-round draft pick for a guy. Okay. Personally. Would you sell him for a 23 second? 100%. Yeah, okay. I'd sell him. I would just hold him at this point. If you have a him, second. good job. If not, if I did, sorry about you. If I did, I understand you're jumping a couple of rounds like 23 second, but like, I feel like if I had a 23 second, he was doing what Dubs was doing, I'd be pretty ecstatic about it. Sure. So even though there's a risk that when Watson comes back, this is all like kind of um, you know, a mirage. Kendrick Tompkins, yeah. you know, uh, one of those kind of situations. But on a team that needs a receiver pretty badly with a guy who's probably going to play quarterback for this team for the next two to three years, right? I'd rather have that gamble 
than the second round. Pick. Every once in a while, you get a Miles Austin or a Victor Cruz that the preseason hype actually means something, mm-hmm. but not very often. And then t- like Victor Cruz took two preseason hypes. Yeah, that first pre the first preseason it didn't pan out. It didn't pan it took the second priest, and then so we we're all salsa dancing. Yep. <laughs> and then, like you said, there's uh, Bobby Trees out there, or not Bobby Trees, uh, Bobby Tunyon. I'm, I'm sure he'd be thrilled. Baby Kittle. Yeah. Um, he tore his ACL last year in week eight. Garrett said he just saw him running pretty well. No brace. Uh, no brace. His, his all his his number one assets touchdown red zone targets. Yep. When he was at high end tight end two years ago is what. Touchdown targets. He was wide or tight end three mm-hmm. on the season. So we uh, said to sell him at that point, which was right at the time. And now you can buy him still pretty cheap because people are worried about the ACL. Uh, well, I've been able to get him in startups or even Scott Fishbowl. I got him very late. So. And if you're a listener of the show, like, you probably had a lot of Robert Tunyon shares because he was we talked on, about him, like yeah. we talked about him. We talked him up and he was on everybody's waiver wire. Tight end 22 and ADP on sleeper. And the Dynasty GM, when he went off, he was one of my highest owned player shares because I just picked him up the waiver wire in every league when we were talking about him on the show. Yeah, yeah so, I know, and you beat me to the waiver wire on every single one. It. it was like a, one of those one of those sleepy waiver wire moments for me, and I was just I was quick pissed. on a trigger. Yep. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vac- Vikings. <laughs> Vikings. Vikings. <laughs> QB Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Kellen Mond, Sean Mannion, running backs Vikings. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler. Wide receivers, Justin whoop, Jefferson, whoop. Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Jalen Naylor, Amir Smith, Marset, BC whoop. Johnson, Albert <laughs> Wilson. That really is big. <laughs> is it KJ Osborne? One whoop for him. Yeah. Did I say him? Yeah, KJ Osborne is the third person I said. Oh, okay. Uh, tight end, Irv Smith Jr., Johnny Munt, and hey, hey, Ben hey. Ellison. They got a new court. Uh, coach as well. They got a court coach. Yeah, they, they, dude, they got a new coach. Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Kevin uh, O'Connell. McVay, disciple. He was offensive coordinator past two seasons. Um, so maybe we'll spice this up a little bit. A little bit more uh, throw the football. I'd imagine it's going to be a little spicy. <laughs> they, they have the weapons to do it. I mean, Alan yeah. Thielen's allegedly looking his better. Be, he, he says he feels better than he has in years, which is everybody says. Everyone says but, it. It's like the classic like preseason. Yeah. yeah, but the difference here is like the B reporters are saying that Adam Thielen looks better than he's looked for the last couple of years. So that's also kind it. of good. I'll take it. I, he he was fantastic last season. Uh, was utilized a lot more in the red zone the past two years than I expected. I really thought there was going to be a down ticket of red zone production from 2020, and he just really continued it on in 2021. He was fantastic in the red zone, making a lot of plays, and it was it was really sad to see him go down at the end of the year. Uh, but it seems like he's made a good recovery, and and he's, he's an – Excellent contender by right now. Yeah. Yes. And getting back to the offense, I, I think they are going to spice it up quite a bit. I, I Did you guys hear that uh, Justin Jefferson interview? Yeah. When he was talking about how how he he didn't understand how Cooper Cup was getting so wide open. Like, why is this guy open all the time? He's like their number one option, but he's still always so crazy open. And then he's like, and then we started installing this offense, and I get it now. So if, if, if Cooper Cup can get that wide open, I can't wait to see what Justin Jefferson can do in this offense. Which should bear well for Kirk Cousins. This, yep, you know, for that, sure. that Sean McVay offense runs a ton of wide receiver three sets, like one of the like tops of the NFL. So they're going to, which is good for KJ Osborne. Um, and we'll talk about Irv Smith Jr. here with the pinch is for him as well. But it's really good for a guy like KJ Osborne if you need some like super deep depth down there, or if a guy like Thielen or Jefferson gets hurt. Um, but for going off of Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, somebody who's come came in last year as quarterback 12, 2020, uh, 2020 was a uh, low end quarterback, mid rate 2019. So this boasts really well for um, Kirk Cousins, who have probably arguably. The best weapons he's ever had in his career, from offensive line to tight end, running back, and receivers as a whole, this might be the best package that Kirk Cousins has ever played with. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. That dude. was on purpose. I'm not going to touch that. You looked at me with that grin. I'm not touching it. This but, is the best group of receivers and and wide receivers and tight ends and yeah, all that for sure. Packages, I don't know. Oh well, yeah. packages they run. So. Kirk Cousins, Thielen, Justin Jefferson. I mean, what are we going to say about Justin Jefferson? Nothing. There's he's, really nothing. He's yeah. either your wide receiver one or he's your wide receiver two in Dynasty. Like, that's the that's the the biggest controversy is like, is he one or two? Like that's that's really all there is to talk and about. No, and right, don't. There's no sense in fighting over that. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's he's so, amazing. <laughs> he's just let's move on. Who would, who would you take 
Jamar Chase. So you are going to make us fight over it. <laughs> I thought we were just going to move on. I would take Justin Jefferson. So, so would I. I, I, I've talked about it a little bit before. I had originally said Justin Jefferson, or I had originally said Jamar Chase uh, because I knew long-term with the quarterback. I like the ascending offense, all of that. However, with everything going on with Kevin O'Connell right now, uh, and it seems like he's really meshed well with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has actually been become one of my biggest offseason buys. Mm-hmm. I've bought him all over the place. His ADP was far too low below guys like Zach Wilson and and Mac Jones and Tua, and just it's absurd. Uh, but all that being said, what if, I, I think it's won me over to Justin Jefferson as wide receiver one. What have you paid for Kirk Cousins? Uh, I've mostly got taken him in the couple startups that I've been in. So I've taken him like where his ADP is after those guys. Um, so I haven't traded for him much. The one time I traded for him, I traded a first straight up for Kirk Cousins, which, you know, depending on where you're at in Superflex, some people, that's a little bit of an overpay. There's other leagues where quarterbacks are just so crazy expensive. It's, it's unreal. So might've been a hair of an overpay, uh, but I, I was comfortable with it. It was a contending team. And then for the running game, I mean, Dalvin Cook is in Stud. another great position here. There's a lot of rumors that Alex, Alexander Madison's not getting the touches he's been getting over the last sure. couple of years, and that Kevin Connell really wants to utilize Dalvin Cook in a three-down role. Dalvin Cook has shown that he is very viable in the passing game as well when it comes to, um, I think he's been really averaging a little over four targets per game. If you're going to utilize that, Dalvin Cook has a high percentage chance to go back to that 2019-2020 role where he's running back two overall. Sure. You know, Matt, you mentioned before in the show, Ty Chandler is a nice sneaky draft pick, a nice buy because yep. with Alexander Madison entering free agency here soon, a, a very clear path for him to be the number two running back in this class who also can catch the ball pretty well. Yeah, no, and he's, he's uh, looked good supposedly in, in practice as well, so... Well, and he and he played great in his game. Yeah. Uh, five five carries for fifty, 50 yards. yards, right? Yeah, and he had over twelve yards on three of those carries. He's so. a smooth runner. It, he was a guy that ranked surprisingly high in our nerd score. He's we fast. Really liked yeah. his tape, and he was a guy that really uh, stepped it up over the second half of the season. Once he, get, especially once he got away from Tennessee, that yep. early time in Tennessee did him no favors. But yep. he went to went to UNC. Uh, where they've just been churning out running backs lately. They've been getting good running back recruits, and he, he played there, had a fantastic year, and then he went to the Shrine Bowl and just dominated at the Shrine Bowl, just looked like a monster. So uh, he was the guy that was that I've really targeted as a, a late-round buy, and it, it looks like it might be paying off. Me too. Yeah. I, I've, I've scooped him up in a lot of leagues, and, and he's just a, like a late-round flyer guy. I mean, Dalvin Cook, 27 years old. They can get out of his contract after this year at mm-hmm. any point. Um, and obviously Alexander Madison, I think, is is a guy that's shown enough that he is going to get an opportunity somewhere else and, and be gone, especially since Minnesota Vikings only have like around $8 million you know, in cap space right now. Um, so it's not like they're well off that they can be paying all these running backs, right. and, and Dalvin Cook has such a high number. Uh, he's he's fourth on their team against the cap. He, he's around $12 million bucks, uh, uh, $12 million hit against the cap. So it's you you can't do a, a, a high end running back and and sign a high end backup running back as well. It's just not going to happen. So Ty Chandler is going to be the guy there next year, and who knows? I mean, if he keeps showing out the way he is, maybe he makes Dalvin Cook some at some point expendable when his cap cap number goes up even higher. Yeah, probably a good chance you see. There's a chance I wouldn't say good chance. There's a chance <laughs> Ty Chandler gets a, a chance at this job for the 2024 season. So it's a good sneaky buy if Dalvin Cook goes down too, because you mentioned. Just turned 27 years old. This is probably the this year and next year peak Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you have him and you're not a guaranteed bona fide uh, contender, definitely at so. any point this season, this is a hard sell, Dalvin Cook. And there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get a 23 first plus for him once the season kicks off with the production you're going to get. So, I mean, Dalvin Cook, you probably get a 23 first, 24 second, and maybe even a maybe even a guy like Ty Chandler on top. <laughs> I love those trades when you make those kind of moves and replacing the guy you traded for. That's those, awesome. Those are yep. my favorites. Yeah, or Dalvin Cook happens to get injured, or or if he goes, yeah, yeah. or he goes down. Now going back to Irv Smith Jr. I know yeah, Matt's a massive fan of Irv Smith Jr. Uh, still only twenty three years old, so still yep. super young. And we mentioned this this Rams offense. So they want to run a, a a ton of wide receiver three sets, but this offense also ran by Kevin O'Connell, where they used a tight end. Frequently, like Tyler Higby was on there, he was playing seventy five percent of the snaps. So the odds of having 
all three receivers and having Irv Smith on the field are going to be pretty, pretty high. Um, this is a situation where I saw Tyler Higby last year. He was playing in like multiple different games where he was on the field for 90% of the snaps. So cause I was trying to see if Irv, how Irv Smith fell in this role. Like if, if KJ Osborne was out and Irv Smith was in or was Irv Smith out because of KJ Osborne. And what it shows is that they both have a role in this right. offense. And, and that's and that's good stuff right there because I would have thought it would have gone the other way. I, I, I would have thought they would just get their, their top three guys on no matter what. And obviously that's Justin Jeff- Jefferson, you know, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith. Uh, but it sounds like there's even even room for whomever that third wide receiver ends sure. up being. K.J. Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, if he ever, you know, materializes sure. in anything. But, I mean, Irv, obviously – Slated for a big role last year, never never came to fruition. We'll see what he does this year. Yeah, the injury killed him. Yeah, the injury they really killed him. Uh, like, was it a meniscus that that? I believe so. He was out the entire. He year. was out the entire year. Yeah, but Conklin, they let Conklin go. They so did. He's gone yep. now. He has no competition there whatsoever. Which was interesting because Tyler Conklin of you know we were talking about how important either targets or touchdowns are for the tight end position. Tyler Conklin actually was the eighth most targeted tight end in the red zone in all of the NFL last year. So if that is true about the position in Kirk Cousins, we're looking at you know a, a guy being targeted pretty heavily in the uh, in the end zone for a guy like Irv Smith. So that could be good news for him. And good speed Absolutely. for Smith too. I know he's only like six foot two, but ran a four six three. Um, interesting because the Vikings do have. Outside Justin Jefferson, some good sneaky buys in Ty sure. Chandler, Irv Smith Jr., Kirk Cousins um, for you know, Superflex leagues here. KJ Osborne, if somehow Adam Thielen went down, Adam Thielen's a contender buy for sure because all that guy does is score touchdowns uh, year in, year out. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Minnesota Vikings offense is like the exact opposite of of the Chicago Bears for me. You know what I mean? They're right. Like, like a I lot want, of guys I'm interested. I, in. Yeah, a lot of people. I'd, I, just because it's an exciting offense, it's Sean McVay uh, style offense. But even outside of that, last year they were still uh, good for fantasy production yeah. and, and interesting as well. So this just makes them more interesting now that they don't have a defensive minded head coach. When you look at uh, touchdown receivers, uh, touchdown leaders over the last two years for receiving touchdowns. Number three, Adam Thielen. Doesn't Behind surprise me. Yeah. Devontae Adams, Baller. Mike Evans, he tied with Tyreek Hill, 24 touchdowns. So, Baller. interesting. Yeah. You guys want to talk about the AFC North? I do. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Jump into that nerd herd. Right now, uh, got the nerd herd. Is there, do we have a promo code, Jared? Yeah. Football. Football. Oh, yeah. football. football. Couldn't make it easier. <laughs> yeah, get the nerd herd. What are yeah. we talking about? We, oh, yeah, we, we're just at the expo showing uh, all the people there what the GM 2.0 is going to look like. Yeah, we are. Pretty dope. You want a piece of an action? You want to get ready to dominate your season? Nerd Herd, jump in there. Moving the dominate. GM to an app. Ooh. Yep. On your phone. Everything's be on everything. We're going to move every, everything to the, to the uh, mock draft app. app. So most most of you probably should have it. Nerd Herd, 15% Alrighty. off all our stuff. You get to play around the film room. The Nerd Score. Uh, rankings are already on there. And, of course, the Dynasty GM tool, the number one dynasty tool on the market today. Give you the league and a side. And an extra podcast. You can you can hear the AFC North. Extra podcast. Player cards. All sorts of fun stuff. Ooh, yeah, those player cards look so sweet. fun. Mm-hmm. See you next week with a show not breaking down divisions. Adios.